0: After bolstering the defense, adding a pair of receivers, and some offensive line depth in the draft, where does the Green Bay Packers roster stand right now? We dig in on today's episode. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. The table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Float set. Your team. Tom. Every day. Touchdown. You are We want to move past the draft and look at where this team stands now because we went into the draft going, okay, they need to address X, Y, and Z, and then we determined they addressed X, Y, and half of Z or or whatever, and now there's more stuff that can happen. That's the beauty of the offseason. We just saw Tyron Matthew get signed in New Orleans on Monday because now players who are signed no longer count toward the comp pick formula. So if the Packers sign somebody, the compensatory picks that they will get for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, for example, will not be affected. And that could be a nice pick next year given what MBS got paid in Kansas City. So... For the Packers, i want to do each side of the ball and just try and figure out, okay, where do they stand now? What are potential options, etc.? So, offensively, we're where, to me, the big questions were because of the receiver position. And we know that that was T1A. Now, there are some people in the YouTube comments who are mad that I am so obsessed with the receiver position. I'm sorry if I think losing Devontae Adams is a big deal. Seems like it would be a big deal. I do not subscribe to the, oh, well, they're undefeated with Devontae Adams, and so that means they're just going to be fine. No, those were small stretches, I don't think, over a 17-game season and the playoffs, that that is a fully sustainable model, especially against the best teams. Having Devontae Adams was not enough against some of the best teams over the last few seasons. Sorry, mini mini-tangent there, but Christian Watson? Romeo Dubs, I, I don't think Samori Toure is going to be a part of the long-term plan at receiver. I think it's more a special teams thing. Maybe he can develop into something, uh, but I, it, it seems to me like a pick that was made for special teams purposes. He just doesn't have the athletic profile that the Packers generally want, isn't that elite tier athlete. And so I think that hurts His chances, especially as a late round pick, sometimes this is a selection bias thing where teams will say, well, we're going to give our first round pick a million chances, whereas a seventh round pick is going to get like two chances. And if you screw up those two chances, it's over. It's over. So I thought Brian Gutekind said a couple of interesting things in the aftermath of the draft. And one of the things that he said was a lot can happen, and we see a lot happen between now and the start of the regular season. Remember, when we were at this point in the season last year, Aaron Rodgers was never going to play in Green Bay again. (laughs) Randall Cobb was still on Houston. Devondre Campbell was a street-free agent. Russell Douglas was... I, honestly, I, I don't know if he was assigned to the practice squad at this point or not. Uh, and and you look at Whitney Merciless, also in Houston. Some of the other options Green Bay could have had. Stephon Gilmore was in New England. Odell Beckham was in Cleveland. A lot of things can change. And so when Brian Gütikin said, well, a lot of things can change between now and the end of the regular season or the now and the, the start of the regular season. To me, that signals they have some plans here or at least some ideas. Will Fuller still on the market. Julio Jones, still on the market. I think those guys could could actually come in and be nice additive pieces. Sammy Watkins felt like the insurance policy. I think there are still options for them out there that are more additive than what they have so far. And then Tyler Lockett could be a June 1 cut. Odo Beckham Jr., I've made the case for him before on this podcast. I still think that is something that is in their back pocket. Cam Akers, he took number three from OBJ on the Rams. That could be a signal. Maybe it's not. That he's not coming back. And if he's not coming back, what landing spot makes sense for him? I still think Green Bay makes the most sense, and I still think that could very well be something that takes place. Beyond receiver. The Packers did not make a move at tight end. Now, we heard from Brian Utikins that, that he likes that room, that if they didn't like that room, they they might have handled the draft differently. And I mean, I buy that to a point. I know that Aaron Rodgers loves Mercedes Lewis. That is. And and Mercedes Lewis is one of those guys that everyone loves. It's not just a Brett Favre thing. I mean, you see the entire team get hype when he makes a play. And they seem to really like Tyler Davis. I mean, Goody said as much. He said, I think we I think we have something there. Now, he dropped a would be touchdown from Jordan Love. So that is that is his most famous play currently as a as a Packer. That's, you know, suboptimal in terms of what you're known for, but they think they have something there that that signals to me that they don't feel like they need to make a move. I think they're they're going to let Josiah DeGuara grow. They're going to let Big Bob Tunyon come back from this injury, and then they're going to do with Mercedes Lewis what they've always done and play him as a de facto sixth tackle. Or sixth offensive lineman, I suppose. If you had six tackles, that'd be a lot. Running back, I think they're they're pretty set, although I I really, really liked uh, Tyler Goodson, the undrafted free agent that they brought in from Iowa. I think he's a really interesting player, could do some Tyler Irvin-type things. As someone like Kylan Hill comes back from injury, I think that he's a more interesting player to me personally than Patrick Taylor in terms of what he brings to the roster. There's some more upside, some more pass-catching ability, some more explosive ability that you'd like. I think he has a chance to make this team, whether it's practice squad or main roster, main roster seems like a stretch. But let's say Callin Hill's not ready to come back week one. Is it crazy that he could make the roster? I don't think so. I really don't think so. We're gonna to talk to Jason Hershorn about uh his his undrafted free agent outlook. This he is he is the savant when it comes to this stuff. He knows these guys inside and out. So uh something we'll we'll talk to him about down the line. And then offensive line. Um, remember, Dennis Kelly was not on this team this time last year. There will be post June one cuts at offensive line, and it will tell us where David Bakhtiari is, where Elton Jenkins is in their development. I'm fascinated to see where some of these rookie offensive linemen are slotted in right away. Where in minicamp does Zach Tom open? Where in minicamp does Sean Ryan open? Where in rookie camp are they playing? What opportunities are they being given? Are they being cross-trained? Do they start right away at guard at center? They still have Cole Van Landon, who I thought played well in preseason last year. They still have Royce Newman. They still have Yash Nijman. And you know Jake Hansen, technically on the team. I don't think. I don't think, frankly, he's going to make the team this year. Just too many too many talented players are on the roster now for him to make the squad. So I don't I don't think they need to go out and get a veteran. I think they're in really good shape. Now, if Elton Jenkins is not going to be ready for, for day one, maybe. But I think that's why you drafted two guys who were tackles to play guard. I mean, if you need to do the Lane Taylor and play him at tackle, Sean Ryan and Zach Tom are equipped to do that. It's part of the appeal of them as players. So I think they're set up really well. If we look at this offense as a whole... I think they're they're going to stamp pad at tight end. They're going to stamp pad at offensive line. I think they're going to stamp pad at running back. Receiver is really the only place, and they added two guys who I think can come in right away and contribute. I like how they fit with the pieces that are already on the roster. I think Amari Rodgers can can make a, a bit of a jump in year two, although I you know he has to just to be a passable rotation level receiver. I'm not saying he's going to be the second coming of Debo, but I think he can come in and be a real part of this offense. But they don't have that alpha in year one. Could they bring in a Julio, a Will Fuller? Is Tyler Lockett a cap casualty? Do they keep pushing a team like Seattle with DK Metcalf? Do they keep pushing a team like San Francisco with Debo Samuel? This team seems really comfortable with where they are. And I thought Ty Schmidt on Pat McAfee's show made a really good point. If Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with where this team is, why aren't we? I think that's that's a that's a good point. And I don't think the Packers are done. I don't think the Packers are done. And Brian Goodikans all but confirmed that they're still out there looking. There's they're still trying to find ways to make this team better, especially at the receiver position. Could be a trade deadline. Just a lot of options out there still for Green Bay at that position. That's really the only position on this offense where they have question marks. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Fine jewelry can be hard to shop for. And I know that because I've shopped for fine jewelry for my mom, for my wife, for my wife when she was my girlfriend. (laughs) And there are a lot of people in your life for whom fine jewelry could be appropriate. And if it's easier to go to BlueNile.com, then you should go there. And guess what? It's easier. It's easier to find that perfect gift for that special someone in your life with Mother's Day around the corner. Great opportunity to make it happen. They have an enormous selection of fine jewelry certified gemstones. That is something that you have to be careful on. You can trust what you're getting at Blue Nile. And they've got resources that other places don't have that help educate you on what you need to know before you buy. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from Bluenile.com and Locked On Packers. Listeners get $50 off, $500 or more. This podcast exclusive is good only through Mother's Day. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's code LOCKED ON. Plus, every order is insured. Ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. And thanks for making Locks on Packers your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. All right. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball where the Packers allocated a lot of resources early in the draft with Devonte Wyatt and Quay Walker. The thing that stands out to me is that going into the draft we thought a couple of different things. Safety, edge defensive line were places that they would allocate resources. They did two of those and and if you listened to the show yesterday, half of the other one. I think Quay Walker his selection precludes them from having to play that third safety. More in some of those big dime looks. It doesn't though. Help them. If Darnell Savage gets hurt. Or if Adrian Amos. Gets hurt. He can't actually play deep half deep middle. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think safety is still a spot. Where they could look to add. Now this is a position. That is consistently. Bringing. Late free agent gems to teams. Trey Boston was available in like July for three straight off seasons would go out, play well. And then the next year would still be basically begging teams to sign him. I never understood it. I still don't understand it, but you can get some of those guys. There will be some June one cuts there. I think Green Bay needs to address that. They just don't have depth beyond those starting guys. And one spot that I thought that they were very deep going into the draft, they come out of the draft still deep because they go one, two, three is corner. But beyond Shamar John Charles, they really don't have NFL players at corner. Not not cornerbacks. They have some special teams guys, but what happens if Jair Alexander gets hurt, Eric Stokes gets hurt, Russell Douglas gets hurt? Especially if one of those outside guys gets hurt. Now, the the good news is the Packers are probably going to play some combination coverages, and they're going to they're going to move guys around, and Jair is going to play in the slot some, and Stokes is going to play in the slot some, and Russell Douglas is going to play in the slot some. So, if you do lose one of them, you have two guys who can play the boundary, so you can put someone like. SJC in the slot where he where he is best suited to be playing. That's a pretty big leap of faith, though. This is someone we haven't really seen in NFL games. Corner is a spot where it can be tough to find guys. But then again, corner is also a spot where guys get expensive and they become trade bait. Stefan Gilmore, one of those guys, he was he was had for for pretty cheap. Last year. Rashad Breland was someone who. Yes there was weirdness with his. His injury after he signed the contract with Carolina. But the Packers were able to get him. You know in in September. If you scout well. You can find some of these gems. The great news at corner is. The Packers don't need. To hit a Russell Douglas type home run. Again. At least as we stand right Now. Now. Last year, we didn't think they would need to either because we thought Jair Alexander was going to play. But that was when Kevin King was the the presumed starter. That was when Shannon Sullivan was playing in the slot. And now the secondary looks a lot more solidified. So their starters are great. The question is going to be about depth. And so when you're asking about depth, I think that's a really good position to be in as a football team. But if that depth is tested and ultimately... Every season is about attrition. It's about who can stay the healthiest for the key moments in their season. The Packers probably would want to add a veteran if they can. That could be the kind of thing where a guy gets cut, gets bought out, a Whitney Merciless type. And I think that's that's something to keep an eye on here over the next couple weeks and months. At edge, I think Green Bay's in a really good position. I hear them, I hear hear these, these conversations going on. Oh, they need to, they need to find that Whitney Merciless. Why? Why? Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are really good. Preston Smith does not miss games. Rashawn Gary has been healthy in his NFL career. They bring back Jonathan Garvin. They draft JJ Anigbari who I think is a really good player and I think is going to come in right away and challenge for that edge three spot. They have nice depth. They like Randy Ramsey. And inevitably you get one of these UDFAs to pop a little bit. The other part of this is this is what they got Devontae Wyatt for. This is what they got Jaron Reed for. Those guys are pass rushers. You got them to help Kenny Clark get that interior pass rush, but they can help even more if you have issues with edge depth. So I think it makes that less important to go out and get a veteran. I don't think they need a veteran on the edge. In fact, I I would suggest that the resources they allocated to the interior defensive line say the opposite is true, that they should leave well enough alone, let Enigbari and Garvin get those snaps. And let your interior defenders Reed, Wyatt, Clark, Slayton, go hunt, and take some pressure off those guys, because you're gonna have to bring two for Kenny Clark. And if Devontae Wyatt hits the way that you know his some of his athletic measurables and some of the flashes that you see of him, if you just get those flashes, that's that's tough to deal with. John Reed, we saw he is a high level pass rusher when he tunes it up. So this is a, a defensive front that can get after you. I think they're fine with their depth there. I think think about where they are then. They're in a really good really good position where they they just need some just a little depth at corner. Solid on the edge and this is the deepest their defensive line has been in a long time. I didn't even mention Dean Lowry. This is the deepest their defensive line has gone in a long time. So I think they're in good shape there. And at linebacker, I was gobsmacked by the Quay Walker pick. Could not believe it. Could not have been more wrong about the way the Packers would approach this draft. And certainly could not have been more wrong about the way that they evaluated the linebacker position and this linebacker class. I didn't see it. I, I, in a lot of ways, I still don't, but Devondre Campbell, they just paid. Cray Walker's a first round pick. Chris Barnes is a nice backup player. And that's, I mean, like, that's kind of all you need. <laughs> they just drafted Isaiah McDuffie. They still have Ty Summers. They drafted Tree Carpenter, who is mostly a special teams player, but that's, that's more than enough interior linebackers. It just is for this team. It's more than enough. So they're in really good position there. It's safety where they need a third guy because if they don't, if they have injuries, they don't, I don't have anything. I mean, in his gains, it's not going to be it. I'm a, I'm a little concerned about that safety depth. And I was going into the season, which is exactly why I said, Hey, maybe you should do the thing and draft somebody because who knows what the future is with Adrian Amos. I, I Again, I advocate for paying him. I don't know if Green Bay is going to agree. It's a really good starting group. And I think they have the, a case for the best secondary in football. But it's very top heavy. So to find a veteran corner, I think would be useful. To find a veteran safety would be useful. But, but think about what we're talking about now. On offense... You're not going to really find that superstar stud receiver, but you you may want a little veteran help. That's really it on offense. On defense, backup safety, backup corner. These are the these are the positions we're talking about. That's how good this roster is. This roster is really talented. This roster is really really good. Now the question is, can it be coached appropriately? Can it be managed with the players can they execute effectively, efficiently, and can they stay healthy? Those are the questions. Those are the questions that they need to answer at this point in time, and we will start getting some answers to that those questions when when rookie camp kicks off later this week. All right, we're going to finish up here, but before we do, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend run to the roses. With the Kentucky Derby back in action. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now make Locked On Packers your first. And then Locked On NFL, your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never sleeps. And neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts like this guy. There's no offseason for real fans, so you can make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. The Packers are going to London. We got the announcement Uh, A a couple months back that they were going to have this UK game. Now we know when it is and who they're playing. The Packers are going to be playing the New York football Giants. And tickets are going to go on sale here shortly. It is October 9th, 8.30 Central Time a.m. A.m. This is at Tottenham in London. So if you want to make your plans... Make your plans now. There was a lot of speculation about which game this would be. Aaron Rodgers is the first reigning league MVP to go to London. So the, the league could not have picked a better time to say, Packers, you're finally up. You got to go. Luckily, it's in a season where they otherwise have eight home games. Because remember, you lose a home game when you do this um, in in uh, the Packers case. So... If they were losing a home game in a season where they were only going to have eight because of the 17-game schedule, yada, yada, that would be crappy (laughs) and certainly a disadvantage to them. They should beat the Giants. So it doesn't matter where that game is played, if it's at Lambeau Field or not. And if you looked at some of the options of who the teams that they were going to play could have been, I mean, it it matters. And that those games are going to end up being at home is it's a nice thing for Green Bay now does it materially change the outcome of their season no but this is a cool thing that I'm personally excited about even though it it could potentially potentially impact some some travel plans that I have but that's okay uh this is a this is a really cool opportunity for the Packers to expand their brand for the NFL to expand their brand and frankly for all of these guys these coaches a lot of whom let's be honest have never been abroad some of them, you know, rarely been out of the state, out of the country. So this is a really cool opportunity for a lot of these guys, and I'm I'm excited for them. I'm excited um, that that this game, the Packers are finally going to the UK. It's a, it's a cool thing. I like the global, the globalization. Let me try and speak of the NFL. They're never going to be like the NBA because teams just like they play basketball everywhere. They don't play football. The same way everywhere. And so these are just showcases. That's fine. They're cool. And honestly, we used to do them more. In the preseason, you'd go to games in Japan. I don't really do that anymore. NFL Europe was a thing. They tried to get going. I think think you will actually see that come back at some point. I really do. Uh, Just because I think the NFL is going to ring every last dollar that they can out of this company and this this league and it's coming back. I promise you it's going to come back at some point. This is cool. I'm excited about it. And now we know when, where, so make your hotel reservations, um call your your relatives uh if they live in in Europe in London. I happen to have in-laws that are over there. Uh so this this is a potentially a very cool a unique thing, I was going to say once in a lifetime, probably not, but maybe if, this is not going to happen very often for Green Bay. The league is not going to force them to go over there that often. So if you are local, go, go if you can. I highly recommend that you go if you can. Um, and, and you know, you don't need me to tell you that, but it, it is going to be a very cool thing and a great opportunity. I know the Packers have tons of fans in the UK because we have fans in the UK. So go check it out. And I, I'm glad for you to, that you're going to be able to stay in home soil and and see the Packers play. All right. Uh, we are going to finish up the week tomorrow and a lot of stuff coming up next week. Diving into more of... Um, our player profiles. These rookies get to know these rookies. If you missed the Christian Watson episode from earlier this week with Russ Uglum from Packer Report and Bison Report, um, I I thought that was a really great insight from him. Um, And for some reason on YouTube, it cuts off the last five, six minutes of the video. Not sure why that is. I I reached out to YouTube about it. Um, But um, listen to the podcast if you are wondering about the rest of the stuff that ross said follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter at locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 stay locked on packers